Danger hides in the stars. This is the world of Jason of Star Command. A space-age soldier of fortune determined to stop the most sinister force in the universe. Dragos, master of the cosmos. There are those who believe that life here began out there. These are their stories. Autopilot with Scott Johnson and Tom Merritt. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Autopilot. This is Autopilot Season 3, Episode 5. My name is Scott. I'm really having trouble with that thing hanging my hanging in my office, Johnson. And Tom, why does your ship look like a mangled dead monkey merit? Always wondered that. Mm. Why does your ship look like that? Odd special evil. effect there. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Today's pilot on autopilot is for Jason of Star Command and its first episode, Attack of the Dragon Ship. Although it kind of has two in one. It's a little bit confusing. Uh, written by Samuel A. Peoples. And directed by Arthur H. Nadell, which first aired September 9th, 1978. Tom, let's get all inter- introduction-y. Is that a word? Yeah, sure. it is now. Sure. Chapter right, one, there. Attack of the Dragon Ship. Yeah, we just said that. Hey. Did you notice that voice a little familiar? Yes, Scott. Hmm. I feel like I may have heard it elsewhere. Hmm. Is there anything Filmation cannot make you nostalgic for? Well, actually? that's a good question. I was going to find the film. I have the clip. Uh, that'll that'll oh, remind people that. a little bit. So that Jason is that guy. Star Command. It's a, uh, a live action television series by Filmation, not a cartoon, which you may always think of Filmation with cartoons, but they did live action too. Right. Ran between 1978 and 1981. Show revolved around the exploits of space adventurer and soldier of fortune, Jason. Uh, he was played by Craig Littler. 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 It's always hard to say that because they threw an L in there. Mm. And his friend, Professor E.J. Parsifoot, was played by Charlie Dell. And of course, the lovable pocket robot Wiki was played by a wind-up toy. Yeah. Their nemesis was the evil Drago, played by Sid Haig. Sid Haig, dude. Yeah, yeah, I like me some Sid Haig. He's cool. Uh, all right, well, let's, uh, let's fly out a recon and do a few notes from behind the scenes the time the distant future man has reached the farther stars but has also uncovered dark mysterious galaxies and as star command heads into the unknown danger lies in wait hey man what will you do now a distant future the year 2000 <laughs> never i hear the phrase distant future now i think of why to the conquerors uh, good stuff Let's with see. his friend Orko, you're totally right. Yeah, totally with his friend Orko. That's that guy. Oh, my gosh. That guy again. And the show's just like those cartoons. Anyway, first season was a uh, segment of Tarzan and the Super 7. I do remember that, but I don't remember the show. So you remember Tarzan and the Super 7, but you just don't, don't remember Jason of Star Command. I don't. I don't know if I blocked it. it out. I avoided it. I turned it off. Switched channels. I don't know what happened there. But, I, but, this, but the Tarzan and the Super 7 thing, total staple of my Saturday morning. Uh, each chapter of the story was 15 minutes long, told in 16 segments over the course of a season. So these are rather short. That's why on Netflix you're going to get two at once. Well, it's not on Netflix. Hulu, Hulu, Hulu. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you get you get two of them packaged together because they're taking two of the 15-minute segments and smushing them into one 30 minutes. I think they do that. And we and I watched both because I, I wanted the closure and I also wanted to make it worth all those ads Hulu made me sit through. Um, 
But you wanted more Drago. <laughs> wanted more Drago. As, yeah, you're right. I did kind of. Uh, the second season, the show became a standalone half-hour show. So this thing does get longer and a little more fleshed out as time goes on. Uh, Dragos's fighter craft were unmanned drones. Uh, this was a choice made by the show's producers and repeatedly pointed out on the pilot so the destruction of these craft would not involve killing a pilot. Interesting. It's like, uh, you know, G.I. Joe and everybody fell out of an... Uh, when they when they got blown up in their ships, they would always yeah. have... Uh, they always fall to a soft landing. Yeah, always. They always had their oh, parachutes. Oh, that sucks. We lost our ship. But oh, we're not it. dead, kids. <laughs> don't worry. We're not dead. The show aired on Saturday mornings and uh, deadly violence had to be kept to a minimum. Right? Right. Yeah, well, that's that's Saturday morning cartoons for you. And this isn't a cartoon, but it no. has to play by the same rules. Sure. Uh, the asteroid prop from Space Academy, you may recognize, those of you who watch Space Academy, because it was reused for Jason, uh, where Star Command was supposed to be in a secret part of Space Academy. So mm. was, there was even some continuity there. Oh, weird. It's a part of the same lore. Who knew? Yeah. Okay. It's in the same universe. <laughs> uh, other than the appearance of the robot Peepo, though, and uh, the appearance of a seeker shuttle piloted by Lieutenant Matt Prentice, who was played by John Berwick, there were really weren't any other crossovers. Those were the only references made to Space Academy. And just a, qu- a quick note, that all looked terrible. I think the special effects were bad, real bad. And I don't, and not that I went into it expecting better or that '78 provided better, but holy crap, it looked really, really bad. Well, Saturday morning. I mean, I, you know, I, I recognize this when I, when I watched it. I'm like, okay, this looks familiar, but I don't think I ever really watched it. Right. I must have been on at the same time as something else I really liked. Like maybe Star Trek reruns were on Channel Eleven at the same time, right. or something. A better, a better use of James doing over there on yeah. the channel. But I would just, I just, just to, just to, to say this, I don't mean that that made me not like it. I just mean people should watch this. It's awesome. This the yeah, effects it actually, are terrible. No, it, watch it for the terrible effects. Yeah. All right, well, let's get to some uh, some weirder facts about this program. You name it, it can be a laser, a tiny rocket ship, a, a, well, uh, 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 <clears throat> An X-ray device. All right. Great. <laughs> His character drove me slightly up the wall, but I think I could. I think I could get my head around these people the longer I'd watch it. Uh, he looked like a Babylon Five Centauri type kind of guy. Yeah, so. he should be. Yes, he's he's on his way to some Senate meeting on a planet yeah. near the near Babylon. Yeah, I love that. By the way, I started watching all that. We talked about it last season. We did that show, but I think Babylon Five is great. Holy crap! I'm really enjoying it. Nice. Just, I still want to do that, but I still have this imaginary like, which is actually the the the, the impulse for me for autopilot was like, do a, I'll do Babylon Five and I'll podcast the whole way. Yeah, I still want to do that. Though. Yeah, you should do that. Uh, so here's some weird stuff. Jason was a spinoff of another filmation live action show, and you mentioned it before, Space Academy, which starred another sci-fi luminary, Jonathan Harris of Lost in Space. Yeah, how come we never got a Jonathan Harris crossover? I don't know. Especially in this one, maybe I think they do there later. might have been a, a brief appearance by him or an, or a voiceover or something. But yeah, not in, these, in these episodes or in subsequent. Episodes? In later, later. Oh, okay, okay. Jason, I was so. gonna say I missed it. Uh, also, you mentioned James Doohan. Yeah, Scotty. Yeah, uh, he started the first season. He had to leave. The reason he left Jason of Star Command after that first season was to make Star Trek the motion picture. Oh wow! So kind of a big deal for him, mm-hmm. and he was replaced by John Russell who played the blue-skinned, by-the-book Commander Stone. Oh, so they didn't just outright replace his character with another actor. They have a new... No, they brought in a new commander. Did did James Doohan freak you out? Like, he he sounded like he was drifting into Scotty (laughs) from time to time. This is kind of... Here, I have a sample so people can hear it. So here's a little... 
Uh, something. Ah, Jason. I got some of it. Uh, here's another. If it wasn't a meteorite, Commander, what was it? Ah, Jason, I don't know, but whatever it was, it has me concerned. I'm returning immediately. I will report. See, right then he starts to go Scotty territory I'm right at the end. I'm returning immediately. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm surrounded by space science fiction props. I should be Scottish. Really weird. Can't help myself. Yeah, I drifted around a little bit. Sid Haig uh, played Dragos, played NCH and THX 1138. The guy's yeah, been around forever. Yeah, I thought forever. that was that was wild. Yeah. Because uh, I was looking to see what other things Sid Haig had played, and there it was, the the original George Lucas film. We saw him originally, or recently rather, in a, uh, speaking of George Lucas, because uh uh, Darth Vader's in this movie, but we saw a pirate movie whose name I can't remember at all. But uh, Sid Haig was in that, plays a great pirate. He's also famous for kind of recent slashery kind of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a cult hero in, in horror movies. Uh, specifically, all of the recent, um, uh, I can't think of his name, also, uh, Rob Zombie films typically have Sid Haig in there somewhere, uh, which is worth seeing. He's great. Uh, anyway, enough about all this crap. Let's talk about the pilot itself. Attention, attention, this is alert. Damage in quadrant five, level B. Nicole's in there. Let's go. Let's go, Nicole. I'm glad you played that because do you hear the music in the background? Mm-hmm. It's great. That is stock filmation music. Yep. Which makes me think of Star Trek, the cartoon series. <laughs> yep. Because they use it all joint. the time. Mm-hmm. But you'll find it in plenty of other series. Do we as have, well. I don't think we have an equivalent today to what filmation was then, which was this weird kind of. Uh, warehouse type approach to animation where they would say, look for totally on the cheap with the cheapest voice actors possible and the least amount of frames of animation, we can make your show. In fact, we'll even reuse James Doohan and <laughs> right. Jason Stark. <laughs> right. We'll use him again. Not a problem. It's that is just a fun, to me, it's a funny thing that you couldn't so much pull off today. Now, nowadays it's, actually good animation you farm out to Korea and they do really good stuff and send I guess it back. That's and, the equivalent, huh? Yeah, they do all the Family Guy episodes, everything from, you know, that uh, the Simpsons or Futurama or whatever, all that stuff's done in Korea now and and they're really well done for the kind of animation it's supposed to be. And I, I imagine most of Cartoon Network is farmed that way. And but we don't have some crappy office in Burbank anymore with like four guys hunched over a table doing really bad crappy filmation. And I miss it. There's a piece of me that misses that. Well, when you put it that way, it makes me think Jason of Star Command must have been their high-budget production, <laughs> right? Because right? they had to actually film people and have special effects. Yeah, it's and it's well, not so much, purpose. I mean, it's not so much like just the music or some of the effects, and certainly the audio cues and the music were, were there, but just the structure. It's the same storylines. It's oh yeah, two-dimensional totally. villain, it's two-dimensional hero. He's kind of a Han Solo kind of ripoff in the, in the first place. And there's always a, a plucky little companiony thing. It's your Orco, and this one is that Wiki robot. You're always going to have the voice of Lou Scheimer. Yep, always sneaking around doing voiceovers. Yep, voice and Orco. And he did more than just, <laughs> he did more than just the announcer stuff. He did um, uh, the the drone yeah thing. He was the drone pilot. Uh, yeah. yeah, he was the. I am not a human being, so when I blow up, don't feel sad. Yep. Yep. You got your slee stack looking half Wookiee, half they were slime dudes. Slee stacks, weren't they? Yep, they were great. Yeah, they have, they were like half. If you get a, a Wookiee and a slee stack, <laughs> imagine a, Aww, a, a sweet sweet love. Couple of couple of college guys in their twenties <laughs> uh, that were the slee stack, slee stack college guys. They flew to Kashyyyk, uh and for a spring break. Yeah, got a little in some trouble, and the, the result <laughs> with these things. So anyway, I love I love that kind of stuff. These old like. 
just imagine how much fun this would be. Forget about how cheesy and how crappy it is. How much fun would, you, would it be to be the guy who is told you have 600 bucks? Go make me an episode of Jason of Star Command. How much fun you would have just practical effects and bad smoke stuff and terrible fake explosions and animated lightning and really bad miniatures. Like how much fun is that job? I can't think of anything cooler to do with your time. Well, and and there's something, and I have a hard time putting my finger on it. There's something professional about what they're doing. Yes, the plots are manufactured and the and the effects are cheap, but there is a professionalism to what they do. Because when you look at YouTube videos, right, where kids in their basement are doing exactly the same thing with actually better tools, right. it's not as polished. Right. It's not as good. There was something to filmation, and maybe it's just that like practice makes perfect principle, but they did that kind of thing very well. Sure. I feel like they could like it's it's like if you'd have given them more money, they had the minds and the talent to to do better, but you wouldn't necessarily want that out of them. Like you almost I, I want, don't even yeah, I don't even know if they could do that much better. You want but they're over, really good at this. Yeah, you want overachievers yeah. making just B level junk. And there's they're something craftsmen. magical about that. Yeah, craftsmen. <laughs> they're real, also uh, journeymen, really. Yes. I don't know if it struck you, but this looks really imitative of the original Battlestar Galactica in mm, many ways. Yeah. And I don't know if that was just sort of like everybody was kind of ripping off Star Wars. So Jason's suit, it looks like Apollo and Starbucks suit without the jacket. But those also kind of look like Han Solo's get up a little bit. So maybe it's just all everybody ripping everybody else. But I looked it up and this premiered a week before Battlestar Galactica in the US, but after the movie had come out in Canada for oh. Battlestar Galactica. So I don't know if they went and saw the movie and then and then were inspired. Who knows? I definitely saw the Han Solo, uh, you know, the, 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 in his casual wear. Definitely saw some of that in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's were, probably what it sure. is. Sure. And there was some Buck Rogers kind of influencing going on here and there. Well, but Buck Rogers didn't come along until later. Was Buck Rogers the, after BSG or before? It was remember. after. Was it? Okay. That so, really seems wrong to me. For I kind of feel like Buck Rogers ripped off Tweaky, right. at least the name. <laughs> they had. I mean, Tweaky was much better than a wind-up toy. But Wiki and Tweaky. Ah, really? That Wiki thing. W1K1. I'm going to call him Wiki. Is that okay? I like it's your- It's speak. <laughs> I like your note. There should be a Wiki uh, for this <laughs> called the Wiki Wiki. Because the eyes are, are ones in her name. It's name. Yeah. I looked it up to see if Wikia, if anybody had come up with a Jason of Star Command Wikia, and they haven't. Yeah. But it should be the W1K1 Wiki, yeah. if anyone ever does it. Can you answer one question for me? So there's this scene where uh, James Dewan, Scotty, has been blown out into space, I think. Oh, right. Yeah. And Jason of Star Command goes over there to save him, comes out of his little portal at the top of the ship and pulls him down into it. Were they supposed to be in space? Yeah. They're in space. Okay, well, that was done. It was before space was was uh, a vacuum, I, okay. I guess. I don't <laughs> I guess. know. I was so put off by that because the whole time I'm going, oh, wait a minute. Do they they well, can breathe in space? It's sort of a half-hearted attempt to explain it. I don't know if you noticed, Parsifoot says, don't forget to turn on your protection thingy. Oh. And he's like, oh, right, of course. And then he presses a button that lights up, and then he goes outside. So yep. I guess they're supposed to have, like, invisible spacesuits or something. But Scotty shouldn't have been. He, he didn't know to turn that on he, when he got beamed into space basically is what it looked like so he shouldn't even been alive well, the dragos turned it on for him it was very nice of him very odd that whole thing was very odd very considerate i mean because you wouldn't well your clone scotty spoiler alert 
wouldn't wouldn't be very effective if he uh, like exploded in the vacuum of space and froze. Why so. does it seem to me that nobody will have a problem with that spoiler? I think we're just totally fine with that one. I think we're all right. Uh, by the way, you made a note in here about how the doors aren't very strong. Yeah, I, well, the way he, they get thrown through the door, it's like, wow. I like a sci-fi show where when they break something, it is clearly styrofoam and wood. That is oh, my yeah. favorite thing in the world. <laughs> it was just like, they, they didn't even try to pretend that was made of steel. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just throw it through it, whatever. Now, you know, we, we have fun, we joke, we laugh, we think this stuff is, you know, kind of a hoot. But I'm actually going to watch most of this with my kids because we are going to have a blast. We're going to laugh. We're going to just think it's the stupidest thing ever. Like, we're going to have an actual, like, bonding moment over Jason oh, of Star Command. And having never seen it before, it's all new to me. So it's not like I'm pushing nostalgia on my kids. We're going to actually feel it all together. So I say that to just say again to the listeners, don't go away from this episode thinking, this sounds terrible, I'll never watch it. Thank goodness you guys took the bullet for us. I think you should go check it out. And you don't even have to have Hulu Plus to do it. No, you don't. Straight and it's available on Hulu. iTunes if you want to plunk down a couple bucks sure. an episode, but there's no reason. They can get them all on Hulu. Yeah, it's all there. There's there's far too many commercials, and the way they cram them in kind of pissed me off. But other than that, it was uh, it was fine. So uh, I, I agree. And this is where I was thinking of that professionalism of filmation, because I should have hated this with the, all of its flaws and all of its cheesiness. And I didn't. I loved it. Yeah. There, there, and maybe you're right. Maybe if they'd been given more budget and more time, they would have made like an amazing space opera. Yeah. Are you surprised there have been no kind of modern day, even funnier die level kind of parody of this yeah. thing? Yeah. Jason of Star Command seems to have just kind of drifted off into the background in, of space. Yeah. They, they, you don't hear people nostalgic for it the way you hear them nostalgic about like Slee Stacks mm-hmm. uh, and Sid and Marty Croft stuff and other things from that same era. Yeah. Like the, the Atlanta of the Lost or. Or uh, H&R Puff and stuff. Like all these kinds of shows. Same production values. Same crappy everything. Like it's not like they're working on some higher level. But for whatever reason, this didn't go... Like I could have seen this made into some... I mean, they made Land of the Lost movie with Will Ferrell. Yeah. Why couldn't they make, you know... Oh yeah, totally. Would have been great. I guess, you know what? Land and Sid and Marty Croft won this war back mm, then. Mm. They won the mind share. Right. And, and, and Filmation obviously has successes. He-Man... Sure. among the most famous. So it's not like Filmation sucked, but at this point in time, they were trying to do the Sid and Marty Croft thing, right? With Jason of Star Command was sort of their Land of the Lost, and Land of the Lost was just more popular, I suppose. Do you ever watch, uh, uh, just to put a point on the Filmation thing, you ever watch that, um, oh, my brain just went dead. Oh, Brave Star, the, the Space Cowboy? Uh, no. Oh, my gosh. So many people I talk to who haven't seen that. Brave Star is freaking fantastic. It's right. this guy with a talking horse who who solves cowboy crimes Had on me a Mars. Horse. Oh, it's yeah. so great. It's just the stupidest thing ever. Oh, it's All cartoon. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's total yeah. cartoon. Uh, I wish that was live action. In a it's heartbeat. an American space western. Yeah, totally. You say we don't have enough of those? I would point to Brave Star, everybody. All right. Let's uh you want to get right to rap party? Let's wrap it up. Boom. Now that'll help. What I need now is a laser. <laughs> All right, you may not have known this. That was Wiki, by the way. Uh, James Doohan. And I always thought it was Doohan, but I'm told by Daryl the, the Trek Nerd Skeels. And Daryl knows. And he does know that it's uh, pronounced Doohan, and it always has been. Uh, and I think we hear him say in this clip, but he saved a girl from suicide, it appears. And this is before his own death. And there's an excerpt from the film Trekkies. This was a documentary where he was interviewed, and he said the following, and I thought it was interesting, so here you go. Check it out. I got a fan letter 
from a young lady. It was a suicide note. So I, uh, I called her. I said, hey, this is Jimmy doing. Scotty of Star Trek. I said, I'm doing a convention in Indianapolis. I want to see you there. I saw her. Boy, I'm telling you. I couldn't believe what I saw. That was, it was definitely suicide. You know, somebody had to help her somehow. You know, and obviously she wasn't going to the right people. You know. Anyhow, I said to her, I said, I'm doing a convention two weeks from now in St. Louis. And two weeks from then in, the, in something, you know, and then eventually she also came to New York. She was able to afford to go to these places and everything else. So, uh, and then that went on for two or three years. All right, there you go. A little short story from James Dewan, Jimmy Dewan. And he sounds almost like he's got a Scottish. Maybe he just had a natural Scottish leading accent. I never realized that. I don't know. It's really weird. If it wasn't a meteorite commander, what was it? Ah, Jason. There you go. Ah, Jason. Jason. All right, next week, I'm pretty excited about what is coming up next. It is, uh, speaking of Glenn Larson, who we've only been speaking of in terms of BSG, uh, Knight Rider, another one of his creations, executive produced creations, Knight Rider, the show from the 90s that I would, or excuse me, 80s that I would probably say is, if you had, okay, if you had to poll everybody and say, quick, your favorite drama action show of the 90s, I'll bet most hands would go up and say Knight Rider. That's my guess. You'd get a lot of Magnum PIs. You'd get some, even Battlestars, you'd get some others. But I think you would mostly get Knight Rider. Huge fan myself. Yeah. At the time. Me as well. At the, yeah. Let's, 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 let's <laughs> say that. Put that tat, the at the time <laughs> thing on there. So we'll see how that holds up. It's a two-parter. Uh, that's next week. It's Knight Rider. In the meantime, folks, as always, you can find us on the web. Autopilot Show is the place. Go there, autopilotshow.com. Email us at autopilotshow at gmail.com. Follow us all on Twitter. You can get the show at Autopilot Show. Tom at Ace Detect. And me at Scott Johnson. It's going to do it for us. We'll see you next week. Ah, Scott, I don't need a space suit. Frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.